morning, everyone. <laughs> My name is Derek. If you could keep your Bibles open to Philippians 1, that would be great. And also, just letting you know, that's um, Matt's picture, not mine. So. <laughs> All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your amazing love. We thank you for this privilege that we have of gathering as your people to hear from your word. And we thank you that you use people who are weak and who are unworthy for your glory. And we pray that today you will speak and your word will be preached faithfully and truthfully. In Jesus' name, amen. If we're going to be honest, we've all had times where we haven't looked forward to going to church. Now, I don't mean falling sick so you can't make church. I don't mean not being able to go to church because of unforeseeable circumstances. I also don't mean taking your family on a well-deserved holiday. When I say that we've all had times where we haven't looked forward to going to church, I'm talking about those times where we don't like church, where we dread going to church. I'm talking about those times where we've had to drag our feet in order to get to church. The weather's cold outside. My blankets are warm. Go to church or stay in my blankets. Maybe church isn't working out the way that you would hope. Maybe the vision of the leadership isn't really your vision. And so every time you go to church, it's frustrating. Maybe it's conflict. If I go to church, I have to see so-and-so. And frankly, I don't want to see so-and-so, so I'm not going to go to church. Or maybe it's not conflict, but it's loneliness. No one really cares if I'm at church or not anyway. No one really talks to me. I don't really get along with people. Relationships feel superficial. So why bother going to church? If we're going to be honest, we've all had times where we haven't looked forward to going to church. And this brings me to the book of Philippians. You see, when I read Philippians, I can't help but sense that there's something significant going on between Paul and the church in Philippi. Please look with me, Philippians chapter 1. Chapter 1, verse 3. I thank my God every time I remember you. Verse 4. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. Chapter 1, verse 7, It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart. Verse 8, God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And then if you flip over to chapter 2, verse 12, Paul calls them, My dear friends. Chapter 4, verse 1, it says, My brothers, you whom I love and long for, my crown and joy. I look at Paul, right, and I look at his relationship with the Philippian church, and I think to myself, what was it that brought Paul so much joy whenever he thought about the Philippian Christians? 
What was it that made Paul look forward so much to going to church with the Philippian Christians? And Paul gives us his answer in Philippians chapter 1, verse 1 to 11. And as we look at Philippians 1, 1 to 11, I'm hoping that it will inform us and give us principles too of how we should think about going to church as well. And so how do we look forward to going to church? The simple answer from Philippians 1, 1 to 11 is this. Keep Christ central to Christian community. Keep Christ central to Christian community. Please look with me at the ways that Christ is mentioned in Philippians 1, 1 to 11. Chapter 1, verse 1, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus. Chapter 1, verse 2, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul thanks God for the church in verse 5, because of your partnership in the gospel. In other words, because of the partnership that we have in the good news of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Chapter 1, verse 6, the one who began a good work will carry it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. 1, verse 8, Paul yearns for them with the affection of Christ Jesus. Chapter 1, verse 10, Paul prays that the church will be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Christ Jesus. How do we look forward to going to church? Keep Christ central to Christian community. In verse 1 to 11, we see this being played out in three ways. In three ways. Firstly, keep Christ central to Christian community through partnership in the gospel. Verse 3 to 5. Now, how was it that Paul thanked God every time that he remembered the church? How was it that Paul always prayed with joy? Paul tells us in verse 5, please look with me. It's because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Gospel means good news. The good news of our Lord and Saviour, Christ Jesus, is what brought Paul so much joy every single time he thought of the church. And Paul states it again in chapter 1, verse 7. All of you share in God's grace with me. A couple months ago, it was the 2016 Olympics. And let's be honest, we all knew that Usain Bolt was going to win the races. The Christian life is actually often described as a race. Now, Paul uses the metaphor quite a lot, quite frequently, and it's a good metaphor to use. Some people push the metaphor a bit, saying that the Christian life isn't a sprint. It requires perseverance, so it's more like a marathon. But not only is a Christian life like a marathon... It's more like what happened with these two runners at the Olympics. Does anyone recognize them? No? That's okay. Anna and Lisa Hanna. 
They were twins from Germany, and they ran the women's marathon, and they finished the race holding hands. Now, I'm not saying that we go to church holding hands, <laughs> but these two do have something to teach us. They remind us that in the Christian life, we're not solo runners. We're partners in the gospel. We help one another. We persevere with one another. Relying on God's work in verse 6, we want to help each other persevere until the day of Christ Jesus. We all come to church for many reasons. But we have to remember that at the heart of it all is the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. We're all a bunch of broken sinners in need of saving grace. And God grants us this salvation freely in Christ, and he unites us, it brings us together. It's not just good news, it's the best news. It's the greatest news there ever is. And sadly, familiarity often breeds complacency. Sadly, we forget to keep the main thing, the main thing. And when Christ is not central to Christian community, then we've lost sight of Christian community. True everlasting joy comes in Christ, and God gives us this privilege of being able to share this joy with one another. Now, was the Philippian church perfect? Is that why Paul thanks God so much for them? Of course not. In chapter 2, verse 2, Paul tells the church to complete his joy by being like-minded. That implies that there were people in the church that weren't like-minded. And we hear about this in chapter 4, verse 2, where Paul pleads with Euodia and Syntyche to agree with one another in the Lord. There was conflict in the church. The church in Philippi weren't perfect. But Paul rejoices in the Philippian church, not because they are perfect. He rejoices because Christ was at the center of their Christian community, and Christ was what brought them together. And that should bring us joy as well. So the first thing that should guide how we think about church is partnership in the gospel. The second thing that Paul tells us, the second way to keep Christ central is through participation in proclamation. Verse 6 to 8. Participation in proclamation. Please look with me, verse 6. Being confident of this, <coughs> sorry, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. The good work that's mentioned here is God's work of transformation in their lives. But we also get hints that it's also God's work in them in helping them to participate in the proclamation of the gospel with Paul. Verse 7, It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart. For whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. Although Paul is the one traveling around the world preaching and proclaiming the gospel, 
the church in Philippi participates with him in this proclamation. And we read more about it in chapter 4. Please flip with me. Chapter 4, verse 14 to 16. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you, sh- you sent me aid again and again when I was in need. Partnership in proclamation. Participation in proclamation. Matt watches the West Wing. I don't watch the West Wing. I'm not that sophisticated. I watch another show, Australian Survivor. Now, in this show, you have tribes or teams, and they compete against each other in challenges. And when there's a challenge, you can bet that each and every single member of that team is putting in 110% effort in order to win those challenges. There's a unity. There's a participation. As a church... We're a team. We have a common vision of worshipping and praising God, loving him and loving one another, taking the gospel of Jesus Christ to the ends of the earth, epping and beyond. And as we reflect on our purpose, on our vision, it creates in us like-mindedness, unity. It brings joy to our Christian gatherings especially when we see God's purposes worked out in us. I once heard a preacher describe a missionary as being like a person being let down a dark well, holding a rope. But in order for this missionary to hold the rope to go down the well, he needs someone at the top of the well to hold the rope for him. Either way, the, uh, the pastor said, the preacher said, there should be scars on your hand. The preacher then went on to say and ask, where are your scars? Whose rope are you holding? What has the cause of global mission cost you? What has it cost you to support the cause of global missions? Where are your scars? Now I think to myself, when I support missionaries, there's a danger for me to think, yep, I've given money, yep, I've prayed, my work's done, and then not think about it anymore. Philippians 1 encourages me to take my role of participation in proclamation seriously. But it's not just participation in proclamation overseas. It's right here in Epping as well. It's right here in Sydney. Friends, we have heaps of ministries in Epping Presbyterian, at Epping Presbyterian. ESL ministries, homework ministry, boys brigade, girls brigade, homework club, Christianity Explored. Friends, I want to encourage all of us to partner with the people involved. Ask people how you can be praying for them and encourage them in the work.
When you're the only Christian in the workforce, it can be intimidating sharing the gospel. But friends, you're not alone. You have Jesus Christ. You have God's Spirit with you. And you have other brothers and sisters in Christ who are willing and wanting to partner with you in proclamation. So share with one another in growth groups about how it's going, evangelizing, Introduce your non-Christian friends to your Christian friends. As we reflect on Christ being central, we participate with one another in proclaiming who Jesus is to those who don't know him. We all participate with one another in proclaiming the gospel. One church planner I talked to said it this way. He said, we don't want passengers We want participants. We want everyone at church to be participants, not passengers. Matt last week in his sermon put it this way. We want to be a lifeboat taking the gospel out to people. We don't want to be a cruise ship where everyone just sits back and relaxes. And to friends, let us pray. Let us rejoice in the task that God has entrusted to us. Going to church takes on a whole other dimension when we realize the common vision we have in participating, in proclaiming the gospel, of seeing many people coming together, one in Christ. And so the second way we look forward to going to church is keeping Christ central through participation in proclamation. And the third final way that Paul gives us in chapter 1 verse 1 to 11, is keep Christ central to Christian community through persistence in prayer. In verse 4, we read that every time Paul remembers the church, he thanks God and he prays. And not only does he pray, he prays with joy. The reason why he prays persistently And why he prays with joy is verse 5, because of the partnership they have in the gospel. In other words, when we embrace partnership in the gospel, which leads to participation in proclamation, this should result in joyful persistence in prayer. Praising God for the unity that we have in Christ and entrusting one another to him. Now, Paul doesn't leave us hanging. Paul lets us know what he prays for. Paul tells us what he prays for in chapter 1, verse 9. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. Now, love and knowledge are closely related. They're very closely related. Suppose I showed you a picture of a pencil and I said to you, love this, love this pencil. Why should I love this pencil? I don't know anything about it. It has no value to me. We love some people more than others. That's the reality because we know them better. We have a relationship with them. Now, Paul prays that the church's love would increase, would abound more and more. 
based on knowledge and depth of insight in the gospel. A couple months ago, Anna and I, we visited Tamora, a small country town an hour away from Wagga. And I was at a men's breakfast with a bunch of retired farmers. Now, I had never talked to a farmer before in my life. And so I was listening in, trying to make sense of their conversations. And all of a sudden, the three people that I'm sitting with, they start laughing. Apparently, someone had told a joke. And I'm just sitting there thinking, what's going on? And so being polite, I just smiled. Now, we were from totally different worlds, it felt. But we shared something in common. We shared a bond that would last through eternity. We had partnership in the gospel. And because of that, we could rejoice with one another. We could praise God together, and we could abound in love for one another as well. And I'm sure you can relate as well here at Epping Presbyterian. I'm sure that there are people at church where if you weren't a Christian, you wouldn't ever in your wildest dreams imagine spending time with them. You have different interests, different personalities, different everything. But the good news of Jesus binds you together. The good news of Jesus brings you together. Paul prays that the church's love would abound more and more based on knowledge of the good news. And so how do we look forward to going to church? At the end of the day, the reality is that only God can make you look forward to going to church. Only God can give you the right gospel-centered reasons for going to church because it's God's Spirit who works in us, which is why it's so important for us to pray. Pray that God will help us to keep Christ central to Christian community. Pray that God will give you knowledge and depth of insight into what Christ has done for us and the transforming power that he has in our lives because of the Spirit. And as you treasure the gospel, your love for others will grow more and more because you get to share this great joy and privilege with others. And if your love doesn't grow, then pray. Pray for love to abound more and more, verse 9. Verse 10, pray that you'll be able to discern what is best. Pray that you'll be pure and blameless, and others will be pure and blameless until the day of Christ. Verse 11, pray that you'll be filled with the fruits of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Friends, before we go to church every Sunday, it's a good idea to remind ourselves of why we are going and what we're trying to achieve. It's good to have clear gospel expectations of what's going to happen. Keeping Christ central helps us to rejoice when things don't go our way. Keeping Christ central to Christian community helps us to reconcile with people who we're in conflict with. Keeping Christ central helps us to welcome the stranger 
even though we could just spend our time with our friends because Christ welcomed us first. When we treasure Jesus, we can't help but share this joy with others. How do we look forward to going to church? Keep Christ central to Christian community. What a great joy it is that we can gather as God's people. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this great privilege that you give us to gather as your people week by week to praise you, to worship you, to encourage one another, to build one another up in Christ, to take the gospel out to the ends of the earth. And we pray that you will always help us to have the right expectations of what's happening when we are at church. And we thank you so much for the joy of knowing you and we pray that we'll be able to discern what is best so that we may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Amen.